Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 10 of our podcast, Porn Brain Reboot. I am your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Trish Lee. Today, I have Jamie, my executive assistant, joining us so that we can discuss porn-induced ADHD. And I asked Jamie to join for a couple of reasons, which I'll share with you as we get rolling. But one of the main reasons is, and Jamie can com- comment on this when she says hello, is that literally we just had a two-hour meeting and t- the two-hour meetings should be recorded. What do you think, Jamie? Because literally those meetings would make an amazing podcast. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so I said to her, I'm recording my podcast right now. Maybe you'll just come on with me and this way we can talk about and discuss the concepts like we just got done talking about for two hours. So here she is. So why don't you say hi, and then we'll, I'll kind of frame what we're going to do here in today's episode. Hello, everybody. I am very excited to be a part of this podcast. Um, I am really um, just honored to be uh, part of this team and um, really just um, delighted to be working with Dr. Lee. She is amazing. And like she said, um, you know, working with so many individuals struggling from porn addiction. Um, you know, we, we have so many different, um, things going on and, and, um, you know, it's, it's really just, uh, an adventure. Um, but we're, we're going to dive more into, um, some questions on YouTube and, and, um, just discuss some more things, um, in this, this episode. Um, so I'm going to hand it back over to Dr. Lee. And I, I love, uh, how you just talked about it as an adventure because yesterday, um, someone commented on YouTube talking about YouTube that this, what's really helped him is considering a porn brain reboot an adventure in healing instead of an adventure of leaving something behind. And I love that because that is exactly my framework. First of all, I try to approach everything in life as an adventure because it gamifies life. It makes it more interesting. It makes the difficult parts more palpable and you can deal with them more easily. But at the same time, you know, what we're talking about here is reaching your, our, mine too, full potential and moving forward towards something, towards our goals, not leaving something behind. And I know that's an element of it, but it's not the focus. So we are on an adventure and hence the two hour meeting, because we're trying to streamline um, the aspects of the nonprofit organization that we are establishing. So we can reach as many people as possible to help them leave porn behind, reach their full potential and have this massive ripple effect of positive change across the world. So like I always tell people uh, in the comments, let's work together to heal the world of the damages that pornography does. And if we work together, obviously we'll be able to make a bigger impact. Um, On today's episode, what we are going to talk about is porn-induced ADHD. And I was pretty excited about this about a month ago when those terms accidentally came out of my mouth uh, because we hear and we talk about porn-induced erectile dysfunction, PIED, all the time. And what I've also seen and heard are a lot of comments that you know, I just went, this will come out of, this is just an example of a 45 year old man's mouth. And he'll tell me that he just went to the doctor and he got diagnosed with adult ADHD. 
And I don't know, Jamie, if you've had any experience with anybody, you know, putting comments in like that, but this is what I'm here to say. Adult ADHD, adult onset ADHD, not a thing. It is not a thing. So that's what we're going to dig into in this podcast is what actually is ADHD. Then what is porn induced ADHD? How is it similar to organic true ADHD that a person might struggle with? How are they related? How do they play off each other? How does pornography impact the brain if there's not ADHD there in the first place? How does pornography affect the brain if someone actually has ADHD as a young child? We're going to dig in quickly, hopefully efficiently and effectively and talk about those concepts. I would totally be remiss if I also didn't talk about trauma. And just so all of our listeners out there know that on the YouTube channel, there is a shorter version, a video on the YouTube channel, uh, Porn Brain Reboot, Dr. Trish Lee, that it's only like eight minutes long talking about these concepts in a short in a short manner. But in there, I talk about trauma because many people have trauma brain and they think they have ADHD brain and we're going to dig in there. So what ADHD, uh, porn induced or not, what it looks like, and then how it plays out in the brain. And lastly, because this is what we're all about here, what you can do about it. So how does that sound, Jamie, just to make sure you're with me here? That sounds great. Sounds great. And then I've asked Jamie, just so you know, just to kind of give you an update here is that just because of the bandwidth that we have going at drtrishley.com and at pornbrainreboot.org, the nonprofit, that Jamie's going to be doing consults. Uh, the plan right now is as of August 1st. So I wanted her to join us here on the podcast so you all could get to meet her a little bit and um, know who you're talking to. And so when you want a consultation in the future and you reach out to us, you will get her and I want you to feel comfortable with her because Jamie, and we'll probably talk about this in a future podcast, Jamie has a lot of experience in recovery movements and helping people uh, recover from different types of addiction. So this isn't new for her. She's been a support personnel and on a team supporting people in very similar aspects for a long time. So it will continue to stay a safe space for you to share your stories a number one thing that you can do if you're struggling with pornography consumption, whether you call it addiction or not, a number one way to break the cycle is to share it with someone safe. So we need to play that role for you. But unfortunately, um, and I always knew this, that, you know, I want to be able to do it for everybody. But if I'm doing that, I can't do the other things like making the videos and making this podcast. And we have big goals to get a lot of content out into the world. So Jamie's going to be here with us so you can get to know her. And when you call her, she's already talked to lots of people who love her and keep blowing up her emails. Right, Jamie? <laughs> Where I'm like, Jamie, you can't email everybody a million times. So give them some love, but we have to stay focused on being able to help everybody. So, um, so what we're going to do here, I'm going to get talking right now about porn induced ADHD, but um, Jamie has questions from our YouTube channel too. So this is a pretty neat way for us to integrate the questions in the comments from YouTube. She's compiled them. Honestly, I don't even know them. So I will be taking them um, as you hear them. And we can get answers to you from the YouTube channel. So we're also trying to be able to do that here for you too. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk about, first of all, what is ADHD? ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. 
So if you look it up online at any reputable resource, um, you can look it up at the National Institute of Health, NIH, uh, their website. They have basically, you know, any diagnoses that are out there and descriptions about it. ADHD is the number one neurodevelopmental disorder that there is out there. And this is the part that I want you to focus on with me for just a minute. Neurodevelopmental. What does that mean? It means it's a neurological disorder or problem or challenge that happens early in development. Honestly, it happens in utero. It happens before you're born. You come into this world within, I call it, an organic brain pattern that has the ADHD pattern to it. So for sake of ease here and to make it easy, there's the optimal brain pattern. And I'll tell you what that is in just a second. And then there's neurodiverse. And this is how we kind of talk about in the business, neurodiversity, which of course I'm into neurodiversity. Nobody's brain's the exact same. Everybody's brain's diverse. So that's kind of a, uh, you know, a term that's obvious, I think, but there are optimal, there's an, a, a, a variety, a continuum of optimal brain patterns, a within normal limits, optimal brain pattern. Then there's also suboptimal brain patterns. And whether we're calling them neurodiverse or not, they give people challenges. Most people with ADHD wish they had a brain that's running a little bit better. So what is happening in the ADHD brain is it's running too slow. And I know this is counter to what a lot of people think because their mind and their body runs fast, but the mind and the body are running fast to compensate for the use of too much slow brain speed. And so basically you'll have a busy mind, which sometimes is anxiety and ruminating thoughts and a mind that can never stop. Or sometimes you'll have hyperactivity of the body. So those are compensatory strategies to keep the brain awake. The brain is trying to fall asleep. It's basically using sleepy mode, bedtime mode, during the day, all day long. And it's using it one to two to five levels too much. So an ADHD brain is running so much slower than a neurooptimal brain that that person has difficulty focusing, difficulty attending, easily distracted, difficulty with executive function dis- dis- skills. It- They might have memory issues, um, impulse control issues. We already talked about hyperactivity. It gives the person ADHD symptoms that I'm sure you can probably imagine. Okay, Jamie, with me? Are you still with me here so that uh, we know that our listeners are with me? That's really interesting Um, and and quite um, eye-opening. Yeah, well, people usually think it's a brain that's running fast because their mind and body runs fast. It's a slow moving brain. Okay, so that's organic ADHD, slow. If you remember one thing, just remember slow brain that's using too much slow electrical energy. And when I say slow, I mean actual electrical activity hurts cycles per second, running too slow. So when we talk about a porn-induced ADHD, It is very similar to that organic pattern because we know from the science on pornography consumption that it makes it so that the frontal lobe is hypoactive, too low of activity, hypofrontality. What hypo means actually is too much slowing. So your brain starts to use much too much slow energy, electrical energy in the frontal lobe. So I also want to share with you that the area that has been identified as the main culprit in ADHD is 
the prefrontal cortex, primarily on the left side. So it can be the entire prefrontal cortex. And honestly, it can be the entire brain because there are multiple types of ADHD, but mostly it affects people's prefrontal cortex. So we know from the science that pornography knocks out the prefrontal cortex. I actually just recorded two videos on dopamine and uh, I named the videos uh, something about lose big to quit porn. And the second one was to uh, push your limits or to take risks to quit porn. And in both of those videos, I talk about, and they'll be out soon. So if you listen to this podcast in the next day or two after recording, those videos are scheduled to come out soon. But what the science shows is that pornography knocks out the prefrontal cortex. And so it's running too slow and then you can't use executive function skills. So it might be considered or kind of viewed as adult onset ADHD based upon the symptoms. So if you go to your doctor, it's going to be based upon symptoms. But what we know is that that can't happen to an optimal brain. You can't develop ADHD over time, but you can if you are putting your brain in a position that it's being damaged by something over and over and over, especially something that is scientifically proven to damage the frontal lobe, porn. So if you go to your doctor, what I want you to know is if they tell you it's adult ADHD, that can't be for no reason something is creating it. And if you're here listening to this podcast and you watch pornography, the likelihood that it's pornography is very, very high. Okay. So now let's bring in the trauma piece. So what we also know, what I know from seeing thousands of brains is that people think they have ADHD, that's slow brain. But when I look at their brain in a QEEG brain map or a brain performance assessment, what I see is that the power in their brain is actually low. The whole thing is running low, not enough power. It's not that there's too much slowing. It's that there's not enough power overall. That is a trauma brain. Trauma brain runs low in power. And a trauma brain can be emotional trauma or physical trauma. So bringing it back to pornography, we know that people who are more likely to develop a consistent, frequent, and intense pornography habit have a brain that has trauma locked into it, neuro rigidity, something's happened to, to them in the past, their brain locked it in and they haven't resolved it. So what that looks like in a brain performance pattern is a brain that's using too much low to little of energy, trauma brain. So now think about it logically. You have a brain that's running low and slow. That brain is not performing optimally. And as you continue to consume pornography, it's going to make things worse for you in terms of thinking, in terms of memory, uh, focus, distraction. I think as a society, we are really at a uh, crossroads, especially when it comes to men, that I talk to so many guys that actually even just yesterday, some of the meetings that we had, some of the guys were telling me, yeah, I, I knew in high school something was up. But I didn't know that porn had anything to do with it. I was always an A student. And then junior year came and I couldn't focus. My grades went down. Senior year came, my grades went down. And that, uh, you know, they didn't realize that their decline in their academic performance was directly related to pornography consumption. And the same thing goes for college. There's more women going into college and more women graduating from college than men, first time ever in history in the last few years. And 
I, again, I talked to so many guys they are like, I can't focus on my college classes. I failed out. I don't know what I'm, you know, going to do. And they never related it to their pornography consumption. I'm here to tell you it's related. Okay. Before I keep going, I'm going to throw it back to Jamie and see if she has any comments from YouTube or, and you can pass Jamie if you want to, but. uh... Well, I am going to say that there are, you know, um, I didn't put a couple of the comments um, directly in here, but I will say that there are a number of comments um, in YouTube from men stating that, um, that they are not able to concentrate in school um, due to um, watching porn, um, that it is um, a huge um, disadvantage. And, and I did not ever take that in consideration that, that women are, are more likely to graduate now because of this. Um, so that is a fascinating point that you, you isn't it really interesting up yeah um, and actually my husband just a uh, uh jamie stopped in the office the other day so she she's met my husband before but she had the pleasure of interacting with him uh, when she stopped in but um we have a, a young woman i was gonna say girl because she's a lot younger than me but we have a young woman working in the office who's in uh school for neuroscience here i live in chapel hill north carolina we're actually right now we have hurricane weather passing through. So if we have a problem here, right, Jamie, it's because it's Elsa. I think it's hurricane Elsa right now Mm -hmm. has knocked our power out because it's coming through. But the young woman who works in the office, she goes to UNC Chapel Hill. And honestly, I haven't looked up any of the numbers or anything on that college in particular, but she was saying how there's a lot less men on campus than she thought. Now, this is interesting because bringing it back to the people that I talk to all the time, I'm always hearing how there's a very small pool of women for men, and that's what they attribute to driving them towards pornography. There's not enough pool of women to choose from, which I tell all those men, all you need is one. You don't need 50,000 of them. All you need is one partner who vibes with you. And of course, you need some pool of people to be able to interact with. But you know, this woman was saying how she thought there'd be a lot more guys on campus and that uh, she attributed it to that school not having like, you know, quote unquote, women friendly majors. Like UNC Chapel Hill is one of the hugest universities in the country. You know, it's got it all men and women. But the, and I said to my husband, that's not true at all, man. I like, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but what I do know is that the number of men getting into colleges is lower than ever. The number of men staying in is lower than ever compared to women. Women are going more and they're being more successful because of a pornography issue. And he's like, wow, that's crazy if that's true. And I'm like, it's definitely having an impact on it. We know that. And think about that right now where we are at in 2021. Think about it 10 years from now at the rate that consumption is up of pornography. Yes, more women are watching pornography too these days, but it's nowhere near the percentage that men are watching. And, you know, even at the amount of women who are watching, it's not at the frequency, consistency, and intensity that men are. So uh, this has devastating effects. Another link, and we're off off task, but I'm going to tell you one more link, is that uh, women, older women or middle-aged, we're going to call me older, consumption of alcohol is up. And so, you know, that has to be related in that more women than ever have difficulties in their relationship because we know the science shows that there's two times likely 
of breakup or divorce because of pornography use. So more women than ever are drinking. So this is having a snowball effect. That's the focus piece, the mood piece. You know, it's that comes along with porn induced ADHD. Okay. So I've already told you what happens in the brain, basically of an organic ADHD brain pattern, and then how a porn induced ADHD pattern would be similar to the organic one. Let's visit for a second. What if someone who was born with ADHD now also at a young age, 11, 12, 13 years old, it's younger than that these days, but they end up getting into a pornography habit. What happens to that actual ADHD brain when they consume pornography? Well, again, it's logical. So think about it this way, that we'll just say uh, there's an 11 year old who has had ADHD. Now they start watching porn. Their brain was running slow. Likely if there's trauma, it also has that low activity. Now they start watching porn consistently, frequently. Guess what happens? It's continued to be knocked even lower and even slower. So trauma adds to an ADHD brain. Pornography consumption adds to an ADHD brain if it's there in the first place. So like I talked to a person the other day and I actually was looking at their brain graphs on the Muse. So if you haven't heard me talk about brain training, um, if you, I, I joke all the time, it's a terrible business plan, but if you do nothing else, get the brain training headband and we've created a program called Brain Training 101. It's only $49 to teach you how to use the headband. You get the 15% off discount, which basically pays for the program itself. The, the links inside that program, you can get brain training within just a couple of days because the company that sells the headband will send you the headband. You'll know how to do it and you can get rolling right away. But on, and then I can see your brain graphs if we work together. But basically the person I was working with, their brain was running so slow. And they had told me that they have always struggled with ADHD, but they honestly didn't know if it was porn induced or if it was there before because they started watching porn when they were so young, seven years old. You know, you can't really know the way ADHD usually manifests for most people is that they get into elementary school and at there's pivotal grades, third grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, there's pivotal grades that get harder. And that's when ADHD really comes out because now the brain can't perform well because it's running too slow. And just to shed light on one more thing is that ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. So what it means is that when we're born, all of us, our brains are running slower than they are in adulthood. That's why babies sleep all the time because their brains are running in sleepy mode. But as they begin to grow and continue to grow, that slow speed decreases and that medium speed of perfect fastness for calm focus is the dominating speed. And that also is happening over you know those first 10 years of life and, and actually brains develop till 28. So for young men, it's still happening across those, you know, that first couple decades of life. But the point is that the slow speed should be decreasing across those those grades, third, seventh, and it should be easier to focus. And what happens is it becomes harder if you are consuming pornography. And that's why people hit this tipping point in high school. So it can create a lot of challenges for people if they have ADHD. And now on top of it, they are continuing to make that ADHD pattern worse by consuming pornography. When you use 
brain training, you're literally doing the opposite. What you're doing is you're pulling your brain out of the ADHD mode and pulling it into the optimal mode. And so, especially when I talk to people who have organic ADHD, the number one thing you can do is train your brain into a better mode. And so that's kind of the difference between the two, how they're related and how pornography consumption can compound and make an ADHD brain that's organic worse over time. Okay, so let me toss it back to Jamie and see if she has any thoughts or any uh, comments that she'd like to share. I do have a comment from Ziad. He said, um, oh my God, I can relate to this so much. I was a top student in my primary school, then found porn um, in high school, um, but was still good a good learner, but not as good as I had been in primary school. I got through high school and studied engineering. I am having a hard time passing any classes, although I knew the classes I'm studying don't seem to be too hard to study and understand, but I can't focus and can't remember stuff. On the day of the exam, I can't study for an hour straight without checking my phone, social media. And then I felt like I was wasting my life. And I don't have vision and what I want to do in life. Nothing motivates me to improve or do something. Um, and very poor social life. I learned to do a lot about my problems so far. And I'm trying to take steps in life to do things in the right direction. But the real problem is that many people have this problem, um, mm-hmm. you Absolutely. know, or gain, and you know, he, he, people don't admit they have this problem. Um, because well, in of the it. dark, we keep it, we keep it, people keep it in the dark. And then people reach out to us when it's very late in the game. And the reason we're here on the podcast and the reason we're on YouTube is because we want more people to get help earlier in the game. The the farther along it gets, the harder it gets to heal your brain. What a great comment. And, you know, the struggles that people have, and then they, especially if they don't know, first of all, what happens is so many of them don't even know that porn's at the root of it. They're like, why can't I think anymore? And why can't I take these classes that are twice as easy as the classes I took before? You know, especially when you're in college, some of those easy entry level college classes, you should be able to take the exams, you know, with one eye open. But if your brain's not functioning properly and I wanted to make a comment just about what he was saying, uh, that those are executive function skills. So like he has to be able to plan and organize his studying. And I would argue you shouldn't even be studying the day of the exam and go, you know, but I know so many students do, but at the same time, his brain's looking for a dopamine hit. So what he's talking about is being able to use his frontal lobe. And this goes back to the study that I was talking about that the frontal lobe should be able to engage in goal-directed behavior, taking a class, getting some papers done, being able to take an exam, that's goal-directed behavior. Then there's reward-seeking behavior. Reward-seeking behavior is my brain needs a hit of dopamine because I've just been goal-seeking for so long. And when there's a balance between those two things, then your brain is healthy and in the optimal mode. What happens when people consume pornography is they get addicted to the screen because the dopamine rush that they get is so big. So now when you go back into your life and into your world and you have to study for an exam where there's a little bit of dopamine for the average person, but now there becomes none for the person who is hooked on porn, 
There's no dopamine in that studying session. So he can't even get through it because his brain's going, I can't do things where there's no dopamine. I only like to do things where there's tons of dopamine. So he's trying to study and his brain's going dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. So people ask me all the time, like, I'm trying to study and I'm just getting these porn images in my mind. It's your brain screaming for a dopamine hit because you're trying to get it to do goal set it goal directed behavior and it can't it wants to do reward seeking behavior because that's how you've trained it like a little puppy just to get the reward not to do the goal the goal set behavior and so that shows up in the social world too it's not easy you don't get a ton of dopamine from walking into a room where there's 12 people and now you've got to go introduce yourself and uh you know go over and and socialize and interact. And that becomes really difficult. Another thing that happens too, is that when you watch performances all the time, and unfortunately that's what pornography is. I always feel the need to remind some people it's not real. It's fake. Most of the people there do not want to be there. And if they do, it's because they have trauma and dysfunction in their lives and they don't know any better. That's proven by science. And so what you're watching is just a performance. Your brain gets conditioned to perform. And so now you walk into a room of 12 people and all you're worried about is your performance, not about your engagement and how you're going to actually interact and vibe with people. That's why it's so difficult for people to find mates and partners and friends because they're so consumed about how they're going to be perceived as a performer. Life's not a performance. It's an experience. So when you stop consuming and you start looking at the adventure of life, like Jamie said at the beginning, now you can walk into that room and go, okay. This is probably going to suck a little, but I'm going to go over there and I'm going to interact with these people and see what happens in my actual life and what connection I can make. And then when you do that, you've just juiced up your frontal lobe. Socialization resides in the frontal lobe too. So everything he's talking about in that comment is completely related to what I am now coining, you know, porn induced ADHD, all of those aspects. And and I'm going to keep going, Jamie, and if you have any other comments that you see there, because I'm going to move on to now, what do we do about this problem with porn-induced ADHD? And I know how much all the listeners love the loaded questions, and the loaded questions are questions that don't have a great answer. I'm going to give you some answers, but, and I see the comments on YouTube and people are like, oh, so the number one way to quit watching pornography is to quit watching pornography. <laughs> and yes, that's what makes it loaded. So the, the question at hand is, and Jamie and I are going to talk about this. How do you actually heal your brain from porn induced ADHD? And Jamie will tell you, if you email her, the number one thing you can do is stop watching pornography. But we know from science and from anecdotal stories and from our experience with people, that's not easy to do alone. Unfortunately, it's not just not easy. It's really hard. It sucks you in. It's a super normal stimulus. It pulls you in, plus your life pushes you in from the way that you've established it. So usually you need help to break that. But we're going to talk here just quickly about setting up a defensive plan. The Porn Brain Reboot Program that I've designed, it has a defensive plan and an offensive plan. So you need a defensive plan where you're like, okay, these are the fences I'm going to put up to not watch porn. They're fences, though. You don't want to live in a fenced-in life for a long time. What you want to do is set up the offensive plan to, okay, this is how I'm going to build a lifestyle that doesn't include pornography anymore. 
I'm not going to need it in the end because in the end, I'm going to have a life that gives me dopamine. I'm going to engage with my life. I'm going to evolve. I'm going to connect with people. I'm going to get on purpose and work that I love. I'm going to do the hobbies that I love. So I'm no longer going to need to escape and isolate into a habit that just gives me a hit of dopamine and actually makes it worse in the end. So it's defensive and offensive. And I want you to remember this, if you're listening, that defense rarely wins the game. Offense wins the game. I would argue that defense never wins the game, but I'm sure there's the, you know, 1% of football games that was won by defense, but defense rarely wins the game. Offense wins the game. So we'll talk about putting up some fences and then we're going to talk about an offensive plan. Um, Jamie, do you have any thoughts before I keep going there? Well, uh, there's a comment um, as far as, you know, um, Organic, obviously, we, we know that it, organic, Amir the vegan says, so does this mean that porn makes organic ADH even worse? Um, and, and I would obviously say yes, but, you know, how would you dive into that even yeah, more? Absolutely. Um, yes, it does. Like, yes, exclamation point. It does make it worse because you are pulling, I want people who are there who have ADHD to think of it this way, because I know these analogies work, is that every time you go to porn, you're basically pulling your brain back into the ADHD mode. And I'm here to tell you that brain training is scientifically proven to pull your brain out of the ADHD mode forever, literally forever. It is a long-term solution for ADHD. And you don't have to believe me, I'm the messenger on that one. But I have an entire YouTube channel, another one, we always call channel one. Channel one is dedicated to brain reboot using neurofeedback. It's scientifically proven to be able to alleviate the brain pattern that causes ADHD and move the brain in the right direction. Every time you watch porn, you're moving the brain in the wrong direction. And that goes back to one of the stories of why I'm here in the first place is that the reason I'm here is because one of my clients was struggling with ADHD and anxiety and wasn't able to I wasn't able to help them using neurofeedback. And I'm like, neurofeedback literally works for everybody. Why isn't it working for this person? Like, I just don't get it. You know, I've been working with them month after month after month. Why aren't they getting better? I hear Jamie's cat. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, worries. no worries. No worries. Um, this way, you're right. It's the elephant in the room. It's like, people will be listening. They'll be like, is that a cat in the background? <laughs> Um, I know I have two dogs and I always lock them away, except for that. Sometimes my kids will, uh, you know, they're down in a room. They're very comfortable. Don't worry. All you animal enthusiasts, they're not locked away, but they're not audible. And, uh, on the very rare meetings that I'm on, my kids will let them out. I'll be in the middle of a meeting and the foyer I'm on the top floor and the foyer, like all the sound comes up. Jamie's been on with meetings with me and all you can hear are these dogs barking. It's like, Oh my gosh. So thankfully it's just a little cat meow. Um, okay. So defense and actually Jamie, I'm gonna throw it over to you if it's okay. I wasn't planning on this, but I'm um, talking about blocker X and covenant eyes, because we have just become affiliates with them so that we can spread the message on those two blocking software. And really just, I, if you don't know, tell them anything about features or anything, but just kind of talking about what we will be able to offer people in terms of the link and how that can help them. 
So Blocker X and Covenant Eyes, um, Dr. Lee will be uh, putting out um, a video for Blocker X and um, this will um, be basically, both of these are two um, systems that will um, enable you to not be able to um, access any porn sites. And it will just be an extra support system um, to be an accountability, um, an extra, an accountability um, for you to not be able to access um, any, anything that's porn related. Yeah. Um, it can be super powerful. Sorry to interject, but absolutely. Um, some of the people that I work with are now learning how powerful this can be because what happens is on depending upon which one you choose, there's different mm -hmm. features, but one feature is it takes a screenshot of what you are looking at and sends it to your accountability partner. And in the new video that I just made on lose big to quit porn, basically what I talk about, and we're going to make a podcast, so I won't um, talk about too much, but basically like the more stressed out, the more cortisol you get from a consequence to watching pornography it basically will interrupt the pattern in your brain and will help you to leave it behind. So people who have the most on the line are most successful at leaving porn behind. And I know that seems, uh, you know, intuitive, but it's proven neuroscientifically. So if you get accountability partner, your friend, your brother, your mother's uncle, whoever it might be, uh, and then the actual screenshots of what you're looking at, are sent to that person. Wow. Is that powerful? Because you, what the reason I'm saying it this way is because the thought of the, the blocking software doesn't necessarily like have tons of power in stopping people at first. So they will try to get around the, the blocking software and it catches them trying to get around it. And it sends a screenshot to their accountability partner. And now there is accountability. There is a very negative consequence because you have to get into conversation with that person. Plus they know exactly what you're looking at. You can't even say I was looking for lingerie for my girlfriend. Doesn't work that way because they know exactly what you're looking at. Huge power from those that blocking software. That's a fence. That's a defensive mode. Now I'm going to transition so we can wrap it up because I like to keep these uh, at you know, decent li listening times for you all is that defense is only going to get you so far because you might find a way around that blocking software or you stop using it or your accountability partner um, times out as we call it in the business or your partner times out and divorces you. And you, unfortunately, there's lots of people we work with and lots of people on the channel who that's their story that the partner times out because they can't get from, you know, zero commitment to commitment to a hundred commitment fast enough what wins the race in the long run is an offensive plan, establishing a life that is just so fantastic, you don't want to go back to porn. And for anybody out there who's going to tell me, Dr. Trish, I know you've been able to do that mostly, or you know, you might be able to do that, but you don't know what I've got going on. I can't do that. I am here to tell you, you can do that no matter what you have going on. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you're in an abusive relationship. It doesn't matter if, you know, how bad it is. You can make the choice to make it better. We all have choices. Decision-making is the basically the only power that we have in creating and choosing the life that we want. The life I have, uh, my family has always told me this, uh, 
my family of origin, you know, as we call it in the business, when they are being passive aggressive with me, hopefully they won't listen to this <laughs> podcast. I doubt they will. But what they will say is, you know, things come so easy to you. You're lucky. If I had a dollar for every time I heard how quote unquote lucky I am, I would be a rich woman, but I'm not lucky. They didn't see the 50,000 hours I put into creating that luck for myself. They don't understand the hardships that I had to go through. They, they just judge them. They don't understand the hardships that I had to go through to get the life partner of my dreams who still, you know, we've been married almost 20 years. It's not roses and sunshine all the time, but we enjoy it so much that the the valleys are okay too. We, we know we're going to make it through the valleys. So like, but that's not, that didn't come to me. I went and got that through the offensive plan. I decided what life I want for myself. I decided what that included in my work. I've changed jobs basically every seven years. I'm okay with that. And it's fun for me. I haven't left jobs. I've evolved into new roles over the course of seven years. I love it. It's perfect for me. Those are the chapters of my life. Uh, I, you know, created a big, huge family that doesn't have a lot of dysfunction. It's my friends say it to me all the time. They're like, I don't know how you let your kids just be each kid. You know, they're all different. You know, I'll let my kids show up in weird clothes, places, I let them have weird hair. I let them say weird things. Like I'm just letting them be them. And my fr so many people, strangers comment like, wow, your family's really cool. How do you do that? I'm like, I let them be themselves. I'm not pigeonholing them into being something I want them to be. But that's a choice. Every single day I have to make a choice on parenting. Like, okay, do I let them go out like that? Or is parenting necessary? I was yelling at someone yesterday. I never yell. It was kind of like fake joking, yelling. Um, and well, I know what it was. I'll tell you what it was. It doesn't matter at all. My son's friend threw his basketball into this pond that's in our neighborhood and at, at night, but then my son never went back and looked for the basketball. And he asked me to get him a new one. I'm like, did you look for it? He's like, no. And I'm like, I'm like, get your butt down there and look for that basketball. This isn't like, you know, you just lose something. You don't even try to get it. Well, that one was getting old. I'm like, I don't care. He was in tears by the time because that was the time for parenting. You're not just going to waste money. Go find that basketball. If you need a new one, we can talk about that later. But, and he's looking at me like, why are you mad? I said, I'm not mad. This is called parenting. Now go do it. <laughs> and I, and I said, I'm not upset. I'm literally not upset. Look at me. I'm not upset. He was getting upset because he knew he was wrong, but uh, you know, so that's all deliberate. You know, it's deliberate how I spend my time. It's deliberate how I spend my money. And, you know, not that this matters, but for the nonprofit that I'm creating here, because this mission is one of the most important things in my life, I've put all my own money into it. So my, you know, my friends buy things that are important to them and, and they're like, why don't you buy stuff for yourself? I'm like, I do. I just bought a nonprofit for the world, <laughs> you know? So like, I, it's this is a mission that I'm putting my time, my money, and my energy into deliberately, very deliberately and intentionally. And I loved it. My little daughter, who's 10, said it the other day. She, my friends were around. She said something about that she was going to do it purposeful. And I, I'm like, listen to her talk. It was a beautiful thing. Okay. So let's just wrap up with the idea that you're going to put some fences up. Blocking software is one of them. And then you have to create an offensive life. And let me expand one more thing. If you have organic ADHD, there are ways to, you probably already figured it out, to create a life that 
facilitates your brain pattern with ADHD. And the people that I know with ADHD who are most successful are those who figure out how to make their brain work the best. And this is part of our Porn Brain Reboot program, figuring out what your brain boosting activities are, figuring out when you need brain neutral activities for recovery and staying away from brain brain draining activities like porn. So the idea that I want you to take away if you have ADHD is that your brain is running slower and the more you use it, the more it's going to tax it and the slower it's going to run. So that's why if you try to study for two hours with ADHD or porn-induced ADHD, but organically, it will be harder after two hours. So schedule your study blocks so they're 30 minutes. Take a recovery break before you shift into that super slow, tired mode. So people have ADHD can live the most amazing lives, even if they don't do brain training, because they learn how to facilitate the pattern that they have in there. They set up a life where they work for a few hours, they take a recovery break. They work for a few hours, they take a recovery break. Many people with ADHD end up putting themselves in jobs where they're able to do that. Uh, One young man in the office where he was struggling with everything we're talking about, Uh, He was, again, kind of the idea of being pigeonholed by his parents was in college for something he didn't want to do. He's struggling, couldn't think. What he really wanted to do is spend time in nature. So he ended up becoming a uh, working on the greens on a golf course. There's a lot of golf courses around here. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then he went to college for farming. And he's rocking out his best life right now. So like figuring out what works for you to be able to rock out your best life. That's what we're talking about here. But I'm sorry to tell you, number one thing you need to do, stop watching porn. It's pulling your brain in that ADHD mode. You have to stop, put the fences up, change something. You're the If you have a takeaway on the offense here, change something in your life for the better. The more things you change for the better, the easier it's going to be to leave porn behind. Uh, okay, Jamie, do you have any thoughts before we wrap up? I am going to throw this in there. Um, you talked about trauma and, you know, one of the, the big, um, things that, that I, I am going to, you know, mention is, you know, in your program, you have a lesson, um, on trauma and, um, it, it is, absolutely beneficial to anybody who has struggled with any type of trauma in their life um, because you do have to resolve um, trauma before you can move forward with being able to, um, you know, put porn behind. Um, And so I, I really highly suggest if you are struggling with porn to um, take Dr. Lee's 90 day course, because um, she absolutely for, for anybody who is not struggling for porn, it is, it is absolutely amazing. And it it will change your life. It will help you get on purpose. Um, It will help you with goals and, and just um, living your best life. Um, So I, I just wanted to, I know I was going to say that's not in there. That's not a shame. That's that's not a shameless plug from Jamie. She as Jamie's been with me for a couple of months now. And as part of her, you know, starting to work with me, she's been taking the program. And this is why I said, we need to make our meetings into podcasts because Jamie's like, and you know, maybe someday along the 
along the road here, she'll share more about her own life and her own journey. But, um, you know, she's like, this program can help everybody. And, you know, it's really amazing how it's helped me. And, and I'll tell you too, and I'm sure Jamie knows this too, from the feedback that we get from people in the 90 day program, they love the trauma modules. And, um, someone again told me this week that, you know, I, I didn't want to, I'm so, optimistic. I didn't want to have to do these exercises because I don't want to visit the trauma. I have tucked it in the back of my mind and I don't want to bring it out to the forefront. And I have a whole spiel on that. If you've heard me say it, because the reality is it's tucked in your brain. It's there festering. It's not gone. It's in there festering. It has to be brought out into the light, light shed upon it and pain felt and resolved for you to be able to move through it. And it's a key piece. And that's part of the unwire in our program. So the way our program set up is unwire, rewire, hardwire. Unwire is going to be get rid of that pattern due to the trauma and put the fences up so you can stay away from porn. Rewire, you're going to change all the, as many things as you can for the positive in your life, which will make it so that your brain uses the new optimal brain pattern. Hardwire is you're going to set up that lifestyle so that you can hardwire that in forever so that you can deal with discomfort and uncomfortable feelings. We know from the science that porn's used for mood regulation. You go back to it when you're feeling uncomfortable and you need the edge taken off. You learn how to take it off in different healthy ways and to reduce the amount that you have to take the edge off of. Uh, okay, Jamie, I just want to thank you for joining me because I think it'll be fun for us to be able to chat instead of me talking into a camera, uh, which I actually enjoy. But you know, if you want to have short, quick lessons, please check out my YouTube channel, Porn Brain Reboot, Dr. Trish Lee. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, we post at least two videos a week consistently. And I will tell you some upcoming things we have going on. Jamie and I are working hard on it and we're excited is that for the month of September, we are going to have a new playlist and um, we're going to be uh, quote unquote celebrating healthy sex month with teaching the difference between addictive or hypersexuality and what healthy sexuality is and how to go from addictive sexuality to healthy sexuality. Lots of people have been asking me for a long time to create a playlist. So we've created the opportunity to do it. Talking about ADHD here, um, October is ADHD Awareness Month. We're going to have a playlist on ADHD, porn-induced and organic, and dig deeper into the concepts we've talked about here briefly across that month. And then in November is No Porn November. Um, my son Declan works for me. And yesterday I told him how we're going to be doing No Porn November. His girlfriend works for me too. So we had a little meeting. I said, we're going to do No Porn November for November. And guess what he says to me, Jamie? This is great. You're going to love this one. It's no nut November, mom, he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I promised Jamie that we wouldn't talk about <laughs> nuts on this podcast, but I just broke that promise. Right, Jamie? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm looking at him. He's 17 years old. I'm looking into his eyes like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this kid just clarified. <laughs> and he's like, NNN. That's what he tells me. I'm like, dude, I, I know. I just was keeping it at no poor November for my sake, your sake, and the world's sake. Um, and I was thinking how funny it is, like with some of the comments, this is a side too, that, um, you know, because I was thinking, you know, no, no porn November talking to your 17 year old about that is, uh, you know, it's not uncomfortable for me, but seemingly uncomfortable. And then I was thinking how funny it is, like the difference between, you know, with, with pornography, I'm sure you've heard the saying, like, you know, that's somebody's daughter. 
which is not, you know, here I stick to neuroscience, but I was thinking like when people make comments about me, some of the less than kind comments that are on the YouTube channel, I'm like, listen, dudes, that's somebody's mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the opposite. You know, I've got five kids. Let's keep it clean here. Let's keep it. Uh, but I thought it was so funny. And, and, and I'm like, listen, listen, deck, we're, we're calling this no part of ever. Don't even give me your triple N stuff. So funny. Um, okay. So thanks again for joining me, Jamie. And, uh, we're going to wrap it up and as always control your brain or it will control you.